Folks, welcome to Yelling About Pate. I am Carl Hess. With me, as always, Mr. Joel Miller. <laughs> also, I was taking a drink of water. You asked me. You said that. Joel brought a bottle of Moe because this is going to be our last episode for the year. This is so. our last episode for the year. Or are you just slowly trying to make it so that we drink every episode now? You know that that's not a problem. Because for me. after last episode, I don't know if I don't know if all these these episodes should be drinking based. That, but then again, maybe maybe we're just taking it off the rails, and that's the direction we're going in now. I'm all right with that. Just drinking, drinking I, something I different go every episode. I want to go down the road less traveled, man. <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank you for bringing this Moez. Uh, oh, don't. I mean, th- you're welcome. A very nice gesture. I got it for free from a friend. Okay. And I was never going to drink it at home. And I okay. was like, who could I pass this off on? Right. I know. Carl. Here we go. Well, let me. Well, I'll pop it open. Pop it open. <laughs> Woo! Hey, there it is. All right. Hey, congratulations. Congratulations. We did it. We're coming we, in. We're we made it an entire almost year. Right, exactly. The year is coming to a close. You know, it's. It's been a pretty trash year overall. I don't know. I, I think it was a pretty. Yeah, it was I mean, pretty for year. us personally, no, it, was personally it was great. It was a podcast, a great year. banner year for the podcast. No, I mean it's the only year for the exactly. podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Here. Cheers. Cheers. There it is. Mm. Yeah, I definitely think uh, we we need to incorporate more drinking on the show. I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Okay. Um. Beard watch. I shaved the beard off. Beard watch is over. There's um, nothing to watch anymore. I know the people want to know the status of the beard. You've been talking it up so much that I feel like it's, I, I, it would be disingenuous if I didn't right off the bat say well, I'm back to being a smooth boy. As a, as a bearded fellow, it's nice to have another person in the group. Right. And you are but one that can thing. grow a good beard. But that's the thing. Us as a unit, you're like the burly beard guy. I was like... I got to stay in my lane, you know? I'm, I got to be the smooth boy. When, when, when people see us, they automatically think I'm the bad cop. No. <laughs> you are zero bad cop. You're all good If cop. we were running an interrogation, you would absolutely be the bad cop. Uh, thank you. Right. I, like, you'd be sitting in the corner, and I'd be like, you know, calmly talking to the guy, and I'd be like, look, if you don't give me the answers that I want, I'm going to let Joel take over. I'll be, I will shoot you in the throat. <laughs> and then he would look over across the room at you and be like, oh, fuck. The, I'd be the guy with the beard. I'd be in the corner flipping a coin, smoking a cigarette. You know what? I just realized we don't have one of those cool chiller buckets to put this bottle of bubbly in. It's going to get warm. And we're just going to be drinking warm. Bu- we didn't plan this out at all. Well, I, God it wasn't, damn it. There wasn't much of a plan. I mean, listen, I brought it. We'll drink it. Well, now we just have to drink it super fast, I guess. Where are we going after this? I don't know. I don't fucking remember. Mignon? I don't know. We, I mean, now that we're now that we're full time wine daddies. Well, I now, feel like well, that one wine daddies. Now we're drinking champagne. I think it's only appropriate to go somewhere semi Parisian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't really drink a lot of like champagne in my. I don't drink life. any champagne. I think maybe, I'm a prosecco man. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I think going forward into 2018, it would be like maybe we need to step up our champagne game. I don't know. I think there's like an air of pretense attached to champagne now. Yeah, yeah. And you, the the new thing is pet nats. Which is uh, in the natural wine world, pet nats are they're sparkling, but they don't do a second in bottle fermentation. With champagne, once it's in the bottle, they add more sugar to cause another fermentation to give the bubbles. That's why there's more residual sugar. The pet nats they don't do that, but it still has a little sparkle. So that's like you're seeing that a lot more now, and I like it. You've been you've been going to too many of those raw wine no, fucking expos. No, bro. I, I haven't been going to enough. How did you remember any of that? I could not absorb any of it. I. I mean, you know, you, you you drink and you learn. It's it's both. Yeah, I can't I can't learn as I drink. I'm just gonna drink and forget. 
But can you podcast while you drink? That's, I can. That's the fucking question. We'll see. I'm fairly confident. Well, why don't we introduce our guest? So he well, because this is a big episode, so we yeah. need a we need a a big finale. Yeah. Well, it's like you know, this is like a, a year roundup of all all the good and bad of 2017, and uh, we figured. Who better than a man with his finger on the pulse of the Los Angeles culinary world? Mr. Farley Elliott is on the show. Hello, hello. Farley, welcome to the show. Senior editor of, uh, of Eater. I just want to say I'm happy to be on Good Cop, Pedophile Cop. It's my favorite <laughs> podcast. Whoa. Whoa. We need to start whoa. doing Good Cop, Bad Cop to the whoa. guests. Whoa, whoa. We need to start doing good cop, bad cop to the guests now. Now that we've established yeah, yeah. the dynamic. Make it a real grill session. Right. <laughs> I, threw, I throw some nice softball questions. It's like, who do you hate in the Joel community? Starts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joel's like, let's yeah. talk some shit. Well, if the drinking is involved early, I think we well, can get go. there. Well, there you go. Let's do a, a three-way cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. To getting cheers. out of 2017 Special. alive. Thanks cheers. Yep. Mm. Farley, it's so nice to have you on. Yeah, very nice to have you on. I mean, when it comes to people who are plugged into the Los Angeles food scene, I feel like you know, you're one of the, you're one of the top guys in Ooh, terms of I hope so. Top, yeah, <clears throat> guys. Top men, top number men. top guy. Uh, I, I mean, it's I, it must be uh, you know the the life of someone who's out there all the time. You know, it must be ex- exhausting in its way. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. I came from like a freelancer's background, and so for years, you just sort of tell one story and leave. And right. the idea is that it's timeless. Like, oh, I'm going to go write about this restaurant that's been there since 1962. Like, there's no scoop to get. Right. But You're just you, telling the story. Yeah, exactly. But when you come on board with Eater, the idea is that you break restaurant news all the time. Right. And so it's really a learned behavior that I've acquired in the past few years. And it was not something that I was innately, like, born with or something. Like, I didn't go to journalism school. Right. You just sort of, I'm out every day shaking you just you, nose, got, you got a nose for story. He's yeah. got his little birds out there feeding him the hot deets. Well, yeah. That, that's the thing about Eater. It's like, you know, we live in this like 24-hour news cycle world now. And it's like people want content all the time. It's yeah, like 100%. you can't just put out like one thing a day. It has to be constant updates. Yeah. So it's like like what is like the like the LA Eater? Like how many full-time employees are there? There's only two full-time employees. That's crazy. We have zero office. That's you, crazy. You and Matthew? Is yeah, me and Matthew oh, K. Wow. wow. And, uh, you know, we just recently hired a part-time news reporter. We also have an associate editor, Crystal Kozer, who's right. been there as long as I have. She's yes. part-time. Um, but it, essentially, it's just, you know, a handful of us with laptops around the city. And, and the way you got to think about it is, like, the lights would never be on at an office. Right. This is my sixth stop of the day, right. say. And I might, just, go to, I might go to two dinners after this. Right. So, like, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. So, I'm better served sitting in the corner of a coffee shop you know, listening right. and shaking hands. Is is there an like a central eater office in New York? Like where they're headquarters? Yeah, our headquarters is in New York and we're also owned by Vox Media, which is right. a big media Vox. company that's based out of DC. Okay. So uh, any of my ultimate higher up reports are all in New York City. They have seven full timers in an office, but we're just, you know, a couple of scrappy dudes like doing what we can out on the West Coast. Oh, uh, you're missing out on all that cool office stuff, like a <laughs> ping pong table. Slides like, like the Headley and Bennett yeah, factory. Yeah, yeah, like a basketball Everything's a bubble. over the yeah. trash can. You can. Why don't you go to your boss and be like, oh, Ellen did it for her employees. Yeah, come on. Come She's on. like, just go to Vernon. Yeah. Have fun there. Just go to Vernon. Go to Chica's Tacos down the street. It's delicious. Yeah, don't bother me. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like... I mean, are you think it's moving to a point where there would be a permanent office and more employees here? Are they like, we got these two guys and LA's doing fine? Well, the way that we uh, acquire an office is by virtue of Vox. We have Vox Entertainment people out here. We have salespeople out here. Um, you know, Eater is launching the PBS show next year. So there's a lot that's happening oh. in the entertainment space. Is that, is that breaking? No, no. <laughs> that is that is already broke. Okay. That's done and dusted for my is world. It, has it broken on a podcast? I haven't See, even, that I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Is this a podcast? 
podcast scoop? Are we getting yeah, a scoop? Yeah, yeah. Marcus Samuelson is going to like be hosting a show, a food show. Um, oh, that's awesome. With, with PBS next with year Grover? that Eater's a part of. Yeah, I think him, it's all Sesame him, Street Him, stuff. Grover, that dude from Reading Rainbow. That yeah. sounds fucking... I'll watch that. I'm all about that. The higher you get, the better it Lavar is. Reanimated Mr. No. Wizard. <laughs> but no, so like, I, I think we would get an office because we would collectivize a bunch of information and people in one place for Los Angeles. But um, Eater as an individual unit with its own office, no way. How how often can you be like that was a business lunch eaters paying for it? Uh, I have a dining budget, okay. So like, there's a certain amount of money that my company gives me to go out and and be in restaurant spaces. But I also, for my days as a freelancer, like I'm writing off almost every meal that I encounter. For That's sure. fucking great. Though. Yeah, but I also the way you got to think about it too is like it's still money out of my pocket at least in the short term. Like, right. Well, that's eight, true. Eighteen out of twenty one meals a week at least I'm probably eating out. Like it's a lot. Damn. For sure. That's like that's like only uh, one less meal than Carl has <laughs> per week, <laughs> and he no. doesn't write shit. Off. I I wish I could eat out that much. I actually most of the time I'm eating at home. I well, just don't, I just don't post that on Instagram. We were, <laughs> that's I mean, actually not true. You post on Instagram all the time. About your home meals. That's true. That's home true. salads well, with Carl. Hess. I'm proud. You know, I'm 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 proud of my handiwork. No, oh, but it's like, about damn time a white man was proud of something. That yes, he did. thank right. goodness. Finally, thank we finally got three white men on a podcast. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! We're gonna break down what we think about stuff. It's yeah, by the time but no, you knew what we thought. Carl, I mean, we run into each other on the east side sometimes. That's like, true. It's always at a restaurant. That's like, true. I'm always at a coffee shop. I'm always, like, somewhere in somebody else's. When's the last time you guys ran into each other? Two days ago. Two days ago. Where was that at? at? The new place that just opened at Echo Park, which is called Trinity. Correct. I gotta say, I, I like that place a lot. I yeah. heard it was from a former Noma vet. It's a, it's a pretty ambitious, like, all day European cafe where they're trying to be, like, half coffee shop, half restaurant. Mm-hmm. Starbucks and coffee? I mean the f- <laughs> yeah it's it's nice the coffee is terrible no the coffee is <laughs> no, it's really fantastic good. everything's like very pristine it's like you know cleanly designed it's a slightly mellower destroyer east basically yes, yes. I think that's All a right. perfect way yeah. to describe they're it. not they're not pumping in like that ambient Brian Eno music that makes your eyebrows stand up but like <laughs> there's a lot of that look and do they serve your right. coffee in koozies they're like really cool ceramic yes. cups with like cool ceramic coasters. And there's and like and moss placer. growing on the side there's, of it. There's no moss, no. but it, it is very pristine. And, the, you know, the, the aesthetic obviously was, you know, very paramount when they were planning. And, and he, uh, that guy helped open Destroyer with go. Jordan Kahn. Like it's, it's, a, it's a real lineage sort of thing. Okay. They don't quite have the plate wear of Vespertine, but it's not far off. Right. I mean, look, if there's one thing Echo Park needs, it's more places to get really good coffee. <laughs> yeah. I actually yeah. think it's going to distinguish itself because it's like... It's not just another coffee shop. Like you, you get a plate there that's like as good as a re- you know, it's it's a it's a restaurant cafe which there actually isn't really yeah much it, of that exactly. that I can it, think of on the east side. It needs to be value added at this point. You know, this place Pollen just opened up where Fix Coffee used to be, right. also in Echo Park. Australian, yeah, contender. Australian. They're gonna do you know breakfast sandwiches, avocado toast, that sort of stuff too. But like you couldn't just be a coffee shop up there and survive anymore. It's got to be something more. Right. We're 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 reaching like peak coffee shop in a lot of places on the but, east. But side. that's yeah. what we say all the time because when a coffee shop comes in, you're like, all right, that's enough. And then three more come in, you're like, all right. That's actually. But as long yeah. as people are going there and dr- and hanging out and drinking coffee, then they'll keep opening them. It's like as long as it's a sustainable business model, people love hanging out at coffee shop. Farley needs a place to work. God damn it! Yeah, he doesn't have Farley an office. Needs yeah, an office. It, it really used to be I, when I had a day job for like four and a half years in LA. I would drive around and be like, "Who the fuck are these people?" Right. At two in the afternoon. <laughs> no one has jobs. And now, now you're one, one of yeah, them. Yeah, and I I'm not any closer to explaining what I do for a living. Like it's insane. Yeah, I mean. 
I, I never hang out at coffee shops just because like I'm di- I get easily distracted. Like there's music. Okay. Well, I can't hang like out at Seven Eleven. Right, I exactly. get my coffee. Joel's yeah, coffee yeah. shop is Seven Eleven. Uh, there are people hanging out at Seven Eleven. You hang- might not want to get into that first crowd. Of, first of all, they're hanging out outside of Seven Eleven, so <laughs> technically they're loitering. It's just like vagrants, teens, and Joel. No, no, just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know what the best part coffee? about the 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 Seven Eleven I go to, which is like right on. Uh, Alexandria and Six. Please tell us the best part. Yeah. Shout out 7-Eleven. Shout out to 7-Eleven on Alexandria and Six. <laughs> it is great because there's always, there's usually either an older gentleman or a younger gentleman ready to open the door for you. You oh. get doorman right. okay. service. Okay, I've seen this. But a lot of times they're expecting recompensation when you come back out. Oh, I tip once a week. Oh. Yeah. Is wait, wait, wait. Guy? You're straight up tipping people who open your door at 7-Eleven? I, I also Postmates Cassells for my apartment. <laughs> Oh my wait, wait, god. Wait, wait, wait. Being is a it, chef pays more money than I thought it did. This is incredible. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you should, uh, my he, bank account is just like it's I I go into it and it's just like an emoji just shaking its head back at me. Like cobwebs. no. Stop doing what you're well, you doing. Gotta, you gotta stop palming a five to the guy at the seven eleven. It door. might be 2017, but I'm living that 2015 YOLO attitude. Okay. Wow. The bubble has yet to burst wow. in Joel's world. No. Yeah. Coffee shops and YOLO, that's my life. Joel got into Bitcoin early and right, it's all exactly. downhill. Yeah, you see it. From the ground up, <laughs> I was doing the mining before it was cool. Is it the same guy always opening the door? Uh, uh, it's either one or the other. And An older you, gentleman, then you and tip him gentleman. for the week. You're like, here's three dollars. This is for the whole week. No, no, no. First of all, three dollars is not for the whole week. It's a five spot. It's a five spot you for got, the whole week. Well, because when you go to when you go to Seven Eleven, I, I never carry cash on me. You can only pull out money in fives or ten, and right. I'm only going to give him five dollars. Right. So I are give him the five dollars. Here's the question: Are you going to give him a Christmas bonus? Um, like here's a ten spot. Merry Christmas and a happy New Year, sir. I don't know. I feel and like a happy that's, Hanukkah. I feel like that's kind of fucked up. Like here's, <laughs> I did, here's your here's a gift for me. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of fucked up. There's five a guy extra just sits dollars there opening doors all day. Hey, you know what? That they're doing what they feel like is best for them. And no, you know that's, what? Yeah. And if you and if you think about it, if they're making a lot of people go through those doors. If they're making if they if you get twelve dollars an hour, they're making better than minimum wage. I'd rather have that than those dudes who try to clean your windshield and you're like. Please don't. Yeah, the, the dirty uh, unprompted. On my yeah. I don't want this. The, no. The, the best thing about it actually is that they're not. They don't ask for anything. They're never like, "Can I have? Can I do this? Can I have?" Right. It's just like I'm right. just like, "Here he's you go." He's there. He's opening he's the there. door. He's there for if you. you. If you happen to slip him some money, then all the better. But he's not asking. for And it. they're there in the wee hours. So sometimes I go there at like five thirty or six in the morning, and he's still there. And sometimes I'll go as late as like ten. Still there. It's great. Oh, okay. Well, clearly I have to start hanging out at more 7-Elevens. Yes, I think he, you should. Just when I think I've broken every restaurant story there is in Los Angeles, <laughs> right, exactly. the door guy comes wandering you in. You need an exclusive interview for this motherfucker. I gotta get like, there. How much are you making? He's like making more than all of yeah, us. Of course. <laughs> Combined. He's Even like, I bought a lot of Bitcoins in 2013. <laughs> I'm doing very well. He goes back to his palatial penthouse apartment downtown. 100%. Honey, I did it again. This is just a part-time thing. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm a Bitcoin guy. The nine to five. That's also, by the way, like, I think what everybody's out-of-town family thinks when they see a homeless person in Los Angeles. Right. My uncle once told me he saw a guy go around the corner and get in a BMW, and it was all a ruse. <laughs> like, I feel like I hear that story every time. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of, speaking of breaking stories, let's talk about, like, uh, like if, you had to, if you had to say, like, your top or favorite pick for a, a story that Eater brought to the fore this year, what would you... What would you think? Ooh, um, we were definitely like first on the ground for, I think, a lot of the bigger stories of this year, whether it's like David Chang and Momofuku, right. that group coming. Right. 
Um, Opening news. Yeah, yeah. Breaking news. It's it's all that sort of thing. Because that's what people really want. I mean, people want that, like... People want to know what what succeeds and fails. You know what I read on Eater? Yeah, yeah. David Chang's coming to town. Right now, like, food is a hobby for a lot of people. And And people want to feel like they're getting a scoop. Exactly. Inside info. They want to be the cool person who knows the thing. Absolutely. So uh, there's also stories like the Hearth and Hound, April Bloomfield's place that, you know, we've been literally talking about since 2015. Right. And we... I will have, will have written about that place probably twenty five times before, before it opens. You ever eat there. Yeah, yeah. I'm it going. Like this I'm week, going right? next week. Yeah, okay, it opened. Yeah. It opened last Friday. I'm yeah, going right. next week, and like it will be almost like done for me by that time because it's already <laughs> opened, which is insane. Do, do you get to see like the metrics of like what stories on the site are getting the most traffic, or are you sure. just kind of like? Pass these stories up the ladder and let. What, the, what are people the most interested in? Is it the openings and closings? No, it, is it that hot goss? There's a, there's a certain <laughs> Star Watch. People, people want people, it. Dude. People dog yeah. the Star Watch people in the comments section. Yeah, we we used to do like a lot more gossipy sort of things. We had like a death watch, which was like a pretty bad, Ooh. a bad look where it was like, this restaurant's still open, <laughs> you, but it'll you, probably you, close. You know, you know what's funny about that? I oh, I thought you exact... meant for people. No, no. Yeah, no <laughs> it's like, that's, oh, that's gruesome. Oh, uh, this chef's going to croak yeah. at any uh, moment. This guy's doing a lot no, of cocaine. No. He's very is gonna be sweaty. Up. He's very yeah. pale a lot. I actually liked the Death Watch. I yeah. thought that was hilarious. Oh, yeah, why not? Fuck it. Yeah, you, we all you, know those you restaurants. Can, you where... see things when they're on the press. Yeah, hundred percent. And anybody who has their eyes open already knows. Yeah. Or yeah. it would yeah, be great like, if you just if you had a, an opening and then the next day you were like Death Watch. Yeah, it's coming. And you're just soon. like I knew it was going to happen based on friends and family. I was in a restaurant in Koreatown maybe a couple of weeks ago that I was sitting inside was the only person having lunch. It was new, and I was about to write about it because I'd heard it would open. And then I realized in this sort of like. Matrix style <laughs> gun rack flashback that I was like, I've been here since 2013. And it's been four different restaurants wow. since 2013. It was like a, a Bangladeshi ramen spot. It was a uh, St. Martha, that kind of finer dining. Yeah. Oh, oh, Nick, Nick Irvin to. was yeah, on the Nick podcast. Irvin, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, then, and then it became a kind of takeaway sandwich place called Little Tart. And now it's like an Indian fusion Mexican restaurant. Why like, are there those places that just can't fucking get it right? Is well, it, most places can't fucking get it right. Yeah, yeah but and there's like in the like, long term, nobody gets it right. Nobody Almost it nobody. Right. There's yeah. like the haunted location that just can't hold like one tenant, and there's in, like in Culver City, it was where, where our restaurant is. It was ba- it was where Baco Shop is currently. Mm-hmm. Baco Shop might be the most prominent thing with the exception of maybe what was there before. It was Fleish, one of the Fleischman back project or advantage group yeah but there was so, there wasn't a lot to it no, no there, fleischman's thing was uh, down the street at no, there ramen. Was ramen roll but he also had the, the, the barbecue thing. the barbecue thing yes too. yes um didn't really hold on but like nothing really seemed to hold on for that long there there's like there's always those curves there's a spot on on wilshire that was like uh carson house or something like that yep. and then it became like a french place yeah like edge, nothing of, edge of like, beverly hills yeah, yeah no nothing lasts like more than like nine nine months a year well there. i think maybe like People lose sight of that, and especially people who might read Eater, but like they're not in the business. Because like you know, a lot of people, as you said, like food's a big hobby. People are reading it not because they're in the business, but just because they want the news. They want to know about the restaurants. And like I think what's what gets lost in this food is so hot right now thing is that like it's really hard to open a restaurant and have it succeed. And even like restaurants that are doing quote unquote well, like the margins are razor thin. Oh my god, the the way that I describe it to people who. Ask me about what I do for a living and if I would ever open my own restaurant. It's like, I could not fucking imagine having an idea, like executing yeah. that idea, hiring a chef, maybe whatever, getting it on paper, getting a menu that I like. And like then the, doing all yeah, the financials. The price point, <laughs> the financials, you build it. Make you, an Instagrammable interior. Like literally everything. And then you open the door and somebody comes in, takes the menu and goes, eh, no thanks. Yeah. Like I would kill myself. Uh, kill yourself. Kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. Hey, first customer, how do you like this? What? 
yeah, I'm dead on my front step. But to answer your question before about what people like, you know, I, uh, some of it is, is you know, kind of shoveling coal into the furnace. I write about six stories a day, five days a week. Jesus. So it, it's a lot. Um, and that's sometimes just small updates on places that are coming, the hearth and the hound, that kind of stuff. A lot of it is breaking news. But I also try to get in touch with interesting, unique LA-only stories, things right. that couldn't be possible in any other city. I wrote a lot about street food coming up. That's still a big part of like yeah, my background. It should background. be noted, you wrote a fucking book about Los Angeles street food. I literally did, it's yeah. just called He wrote street the food. book on it. Yeah. You wrote the fucking book on it. It's yeah. called they, Street thank Food. Thank you. Right? It was about damn time. Yeah. <laughs> Someone to come along. Yeah, it's called Los Angeles Street Food, a history from Tamaleros to taco trucks. It's by no means the exhaustive encyclopedia of everything. I mean, there's 50,000 street food vendors in Los Angeles County. Right. I've only been to maybe 650, which is an insane number, but damn. not anywhere close it's also to insane what's that possible. There's an exactly, exactly 50,000 yeah. food vendors. Here. There might be a 50,001 by now, but like it's, yeah. Is the 650 based on just like, uh, is that like a, just a guess or are you like, it's you a, it's a rough data. estimate. I used to, the way I got started with my first year in LA, I went to 125 taco places Damn. and I used to have a Google map and I'd put pins down for the places I'd gone to and what I tried. You're on some Jonathan Gold shit. Like I just was fascinated. Right. I had a motorcycle. I moved to LA with a motorcycle. That's the best thing about LA. Yeah. And it was every, I was broke as shit working at the Where'd you job. move from? Uh, I was went to college out here, but I was originally from a, a really small town in upstate New York. Like no Mexican food exists. Right. There's no restaurant in my right. hometown. That's and so great. the idea that I could like work a day job, live super cheaply. I was doing comedy stuff at the time, do comedy at night, and then eat like at a new taco place without stopping was endlessly fascinating to me. And so by the end of year two or three, I'd been to almost 400 places because I just sort of kept going at that pace. Damn. Yeah, and that was really like, but again, it's a drop in the bucket. There's so much more out there. It really is like, you can you could go to hundreds and not even scratch the surface. Yeah, there's entire communities I'm not even touching. Yeah, and now there's this whole other world where it's like people are selling barbecue in the DMs on Instagram. Right, exactly. There's this whole like world of pop ups where it's like you like got you, you got to be thing. in the know. Yeah. You got to message him on Instagram. Like this burger never super, say die. Super right. knock everything. Right. Yeah. How many different barbecue pop ups are there? There's Trudy's. There's there's so many more. Top Fern. Every week, I people on Instagram tag me in photos. There's like Offset Barbecue. There's like places that I won't even talk about because. The truth is, like, it might be good. It might be interesting because it's happening, right. but it's not necessarily unique. Right. It has to tell a story. I've right. only written about three, and three feels like a lot. Ragtop yeah. Ferns was the first one I wrote about just off Koreatown. Right. Trudy's, which I still think is the best single barbecue in Los Angeles. Damn. And then Moose Craft Barbecue in East L.A. because they're this sort of fusion of East L.A., like, right. old-school flavors. It's a unique L.A. Yeah, with a modern Texas twist. Yeah, and they literally serve from their backyard on a block that is so, like, overloaded with, like, tamale vendors and stuff that they have signs on their block that That's say barbecue. no, 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 no tamales that, that say no no vending that it's illegal to vend in the oh. city of Los Angeles like <laughs> Damn. and they're selling out of their backyard to a line of 50 people That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I feel like the pop-up thing is is like uh you know LA kind of birthed the food truck movement mm -hmm. and that was a big thing but I feel like this is the new thing. It's like it's it's Instagram based. Yeah. It's like they only do a certain amount and it's like, if you're not in the know, you're not in the know. Yeah, I managed to hear about Keith Garrett from All Flavor No Grease when he had like 10,000 Instagram followers already. I was very late to the game. I don't he even has, know who that is. He has maybe 180,000 Instagram yeah, followers. Yeah, that's now. crazy. He used to serve like tacos out of a driveway in Watts on 108th Street. And the reason that he got shut down is because the place got so popular that people were parking in the street and blocking access for like <laughs> cops and stuff. Now he has a food truck, but he'll post on Instagram like Kevin Durant at his house eating food. Like. Wow. And that is an entire community that right. I'm barely reaching. Right. And, and it's, it's completely like self-contained and like self-sustaining. And it's like, it's, it's so crazy that, I mean, 
people want to be a part of something, you know, like yeah. we, we've talked about like Howlin' Rays and the line and the phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I think at a certain point, people just like want to feel included and like, what's more inclusive than like food as a community and like food as like a shared experience. Yeah. It's like you feel like you're driving to some dude's fucking driveway to get barbecue. You're like, I feel like I'm in the know. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm doing shit. Like that's a Saturday afternoon right there. Yeah. There you know? used to be a, one town over from my hometown is Watertown, New York, 25,000 people. When I was like in high school, they put in a red lobster and my dad would go to this red lobster once a month. Like, Button-up shirt, bolero tie, white jeans. Like I grew up on a farm. This is like a big deal for Your me. Your dad was rocking white jeans? A white jeans, dude. And a fucking 100%. bolo? 100%. Uh, the bolo is just a lost dude. piece of like dude, male What a G. Mr. Yeah. Elliot sounds like <laughs> a fucking G. The only other person I know that rocks a bolo is Fernie. Dude, white jeans and a bowl? That's all Dude, I'm trying to do baller. 2018 up and here. Like, <laughs> going to Red Lobster, baby. Oh, Dad's pulling out the bowl. We're going to Red Lobster. We're going to Red Lobster. Get, Get the Explorer. Jeans. My yeah. white jeans are pressed. They're, they're creaseless, and I'm ready to ride. But the reason he would go to Red Lobster is not because my dad gives a fuck about seafood. Right. It's because he would go and sit in the same section where he knew the same waiter was, and he would get the same service every time. And when that waiter left, my dad stopped going to Red Lobster. Wow. Wait, like, so Red Lobster had good service? This one guy Holy my shit. dad loved for guy. whatever. Yeah, like that's my point. Like, there's so much competition in the restaurant space right. that you've got to offer something more. And if you're in the know, if you go to the coffee shop and the person remembers your name, that's it. That's and how I, you win. I, cards I really minds. think that that is like the essence of like service and hospitality because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, there's so many places to get good food, but like you want when, a connection. Yeah, when you yeah. have that experience, it, that's really based on the no, connection. Well, that's, but that's like also like harking back to Howlin' Rays is why it's so such a phenomenon. Like if you go there and like and if and if they're like, oh, is it your first time? They're like, yeah, it's my first time. Like the entire line will like go in unison. They'll say something. Like there's yeah. a culture that's been embedded within right. them. It's not like going to a, to get food you're going to someone's home right it's an and they're tre- and and they're and they're just treating you the way that they right. you know that they've built it up and 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 just as you know we talk a lot about the overlap and the parallels between comedy and food just as like you know this whole landscape of content that exists outside traditional like media power structures that's happening with food now with like yeah. because of social media because of all the shit it's like you can have a successful food operation and not be a chef or ever open a restaurant right and that's exactly right. So you look at you guys had John Yeo on a while yeah. ago from Cato. Love like, John. Love John. Go John, to dinner with him shout, uh, next yeah, week. Shout oh out my to God. John. John is the best. John's like, the best. Like what's nice about my job is John was already doing the thing. Right. He already had the space. Right. He was already cooking. He already had an idea of where he wanted to go. I was fortunate enough to hear about it early on enough that I could in some ways help him take a step towards achieving that thing. Right. People are not going to that restaurant because I'm the guy who told them about it. People right. are going because the food's good right. and the space is cool. The and it's interesting. They're having the experience. Yeah, exactly. No. So like, I appreciate John coming on your podcast and being like, oh, Farley called me and that changed things. But the truth is, it's, it's always got to be about the product at the end of the day. But I do think that that's an interesting angle. It's like, in a certain way, because you're so plugged in and you spend so much time like on the beat of what's happening, like you, you're not a gatekeeper because there's so much like democratization of it, but like, you know, a well-placed piece in Eater can really fucking change the game for especially someone who's up and coming with a pop-up or with a fucking residency or, you know, maybe a yeah. non-traditional, not a brick and mortar thing. Like, you know, the, the right fucking piece or even just the right Instagram posts can be a real game changer in this world of where everything's social media. So it's like, that's a lot of responsibility. It that's a lot of yeah. power. 
it can be. It's it's um and honestly, it's it's not something I take lightly. You know, I'm one of four people who get paid full time money to write about restaurants in Los Angeles. That's, that's pretty fucking crazy. sweet. That's yeah, pretty fucking that's, that's crazy. No, that's insane. Right. Yeah, as one of the biggest markets in that the is, world. That is fucking 100%. crazy. That and is fucking. Carl, crazy. you and I have known each other on and off for a few years. I'm an idiot. Like I should not have that much power <laughs> consolidated into Folks, my fucking see this guy. Hands. His eyes are crossed. He's wearing one of those propeller beads. Oh my god! This guy is just great. I had a huge a lollipop dumb. when I walked He's in. Wearing a burlap sack. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to mention. He didn't it. even like, bring shoes. <laughs> yeah, and so and so every day there are restaurants or or individual people who email me and, and ask for help. Right. But the truth is, like, you can't help everyone. You can't help everyone. You can't and, help and, everyone. And, I, and I have to do my own journalistic due right, diligence. Exactly. Got, teach a man to fish. Is you know? it? Yeah. That's the interesting. Point, Break your own like, news, by the way. That's what Farley's telling you, <laughs> yeah. Los Angeles. You, you Break your fucking, own goddamn news. Yeah. You worry about being good, and yeah, Farley yeah. will show the fuck up. If you build it, they will. This is a real field of dreams scenario <laughs> right here. You build it, he'll come. And if it's good, maybe he'll write about yeah, it. Yeah, but but that's the thing. Like, How do you sift through that? You're getting all these emails. You're getting messages. It's like... How, how often... I mean, sure. I'm assuming that you're getting constant emails yeah. like, all the time. How often are you getting hit up by the chef or the owner of a restaurant saying, hey, man, like, we're doing this now. Write about it. For... You, Forty to eighty times a day. Right. And, are, and, are, are and they like? Are they like? Please, please. Because I've actually yeah, never. Yeah, sure. I've never emailed you before. Uh, we, we've this. We've talked a, f- a few times back and forth. But uh-huh. like, we do stuff all the time. We change things all the time. Yeah. But it's, I've I've never. I don't understand how how it is to be compelled to be like, hey man. I got this crazy fucking new lamb dish on the menu. But you got to take a work? picture of it. At a certain at certain times, you have to be like, okay, I will come check it out. Or do you not? Or you just ignore it? Well, a, a lot of what I rely on is. Um, my own personal eyes and ears, being in spaces, talking to people, all right. that sort of stuff. But I also had people that I trust in the restaurant space who I watch either directly or through social media experiencing things that I can sort of tell from their perspective whether or not a place is busy, if something's good. You just can't be everywhere at once. Right. So in, in that sense, I'm doing a lot of just independent reporting regardless of what anybody would email me. But also, like when it comes to individual dishes or one-off drink specials, yeah. things like that, there's certain places right. we could kind of like land that information. We did this thing morning briefing. It's our first post of the day yeah. at 9 a.m. Right. You know, seven kind of quick hits right. around town. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, which yeah. I, which I actually do love. And, no, and, and I, 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 I love that. There are also that started. Did that start under? Yes, under when you started. Yes. when you were there. It wasn't it, when Cat was right, right, was right. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's, a, a it's newer, and it's honestly it's one of the highest traffic posts we do in any given day because there's right. so much condensed, consolidated, easy to read information. So yeah, in that con- sense, it's content driven. Yeah, and I can I can try to help people out in that space a little bit, but when it's just an individual one off, hey, we've got this new drink special. There just isn't a lot that I can do, especially now. I just made a spreadsheet of places that I know of that are opening between today oh, and Jesus. the end of 2018 oh, that Jesus. I know of and I'm sure there's more How many? How I many stopped entries? at 100 places Jesus that I was like I'm going to go crazy okay and well this is Farley Elliott's 100 list right exactly the, the hot <laughs> spreadsheet that 101 hot no yeah. we keep it even here yeah. baby there's, there's so much to dig through like every fucking day but since this is kind of a, a year end wrap sure. up and a, and a kind of a look forward why don't you distill down maybe a couple openings or what you're most excited about going into the new year, like 2018, like what are some stuff that you're like, fuck yeah. I mean, I think David Chang's thing, yes, which course. he's trying to open right at or around yeah, he's trying New to Year's. Do it within the end of the it's year. It's not going to yes. be a Momofuku, though, right? No, it was originally going to be called North Spring. They moved away from that name as sort of a place. I'm glad because that name sucks. <laughs> it's going to be like a kind of big, meaty, vaguely Korean family style restaurant. Okay. So they're going to do like a bosan, but instead of, of pork, it's going to be like beef rib that they smoke for hours. Ooh, nice. Things love like that. Bo- you know, which, Yeah, which I think is super great. Uh, I'm super excited for that. I think 
and this might not end up being until early 2019, but Jeremy Fox's place that he's opening Birdie G's in Santa Monica. Oh, that's right. You know, I'll follow Damn, that. You're, I'll you're follow that guy early anywhere. 2019. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I have the personal line on knowing where that space is going to be, and right. he's so hesitant about the hype machine of Los Angeles that he doesn't even want to talk about it that's right smart. now in that sense. You know? Even smart. like Mansky's place isn't going to open until maybe late, maybe even 2019. Yeah, probably early 2019. I mean, Wes, Wes is going to open up Gorilla. Yeah, Wes is going to be... That's going to be great. Yeah, and that's going to yes. be quarter one 2018. So I'm very excited yeah. about Grill Tacos. Which, uh, Wes Avila, uh, for our non LA listeners, started a truck, Grill Tacos. It's consistently some of my favorite mm-hmm. food in the city. And, uh, you know, talk about anticipation for an opening. Oh my God. Be I've been waiting arts. for that for, for a it's while. It's going to be in the Arts District. Yeah, yes. it's going to be where La Reina used to be. I, and I used to go there. I, I used oh, to yeah. go to La Reina when it had, a, like, it had a C or a D or something yeah, La like Reina was in, in, in like 2007, 2008. Yeah, downtown D? taco scene, La Reina was the spot. Yeah, La Reina was great. 100%. I never went. Yeah. It had well, a D? It, it had a, I know. Well, I D for delicious, my dog. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> C for consistently delicious. When, when you for, in those early days when you started hitting all those spots, how yeah. many places had Ds? Well, most of them were right. unregular. If you had Ds, so like it didn't even like matter. Cut, yeah. Fuck down, man. yeah, but I used to literally, and this is not a joke, I used to like to get my friends to go because there's so much stigma even today about eating at places that don't necessarily look like traditional restaurants Fuck or whatever. That. I I used to like pitch my friends on them through like some I'd call like a taco stand like Tableau. Like do you guys want to go to Tableau and then it would just be a taco stand and they'd be like, "Well, we're <laughs> here. I guess we'll eat." 100% because no <laughs> guys, one would come guys, with me otherwise. There's this hot new spot called Tableau. It's under an overpass yeah. and you sit on crates. It's so hot. It's so <laughs> hip. They're like, "This is just a bacon wrapped hot dog cart." You're like, "Got you." Yeah. And it's, you. Delicious. I was and it's delicious. I got you with good food. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, Momofuku, yeah. that sort of David Chang thing yeah. is going to be great. Okay. Kozlo's place, Tell, I think is going to be really, really fantastic. Talk about so, that for a second. So, Jessica I, Kozlo is from Squirrel. Yes. She's opening up a kind of pan-Jewish restaurant right off the 405. Pan-Jewish. So, it's... it's the I don't idea. hear that enough, by yeah. the way. Well, the, the idea is that it's... Joel not, is pan-Jewish. <laughs> it's time to take it away from Asians. <laughs> it's been pan-Asian it's, for too it's long. When, it's when you're pagan and Jewish and you worship pan, but yes. you're also culturally Jewish. You're like, I'm pan-Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And no, that's but, where I stand. <laughs> you know, it, we spent so much time in the past year talking about Israeli food. Right, exactly. Which, sort of, which, which I cannot stop. It. Just keep doing it's it. It's so good. I'm a hundred. I'm in. Keep this is a trend it. from 2017 that I love. This dips and greens yes. and breads. Dips let's and go. And bread. I'm in. Bright airy spaces Kismet, with exchange, cute plates Maza. and shit. Yeah, a hundred percent. Carissa on the side of yeah. every table. Give right. me lots All of little dishes it. and great bread and greens and herbs and fucking. It's time yeah. more people learn about Zoog. Let's do it. <laughs> but like she doesn't. Eighteen, the year of Zoog, baby. I, 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 we're calling it right we're now. Calling it right now. Now it's it sounds like you guys are for sure in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't want to necessarily be known as like an Israeli place, right. and so it's going to be like Eastern Pan European time. Yeah, like Eastern European <laughs> Jew stuff. Middle Eastern Jewish stuff. She's also going to do like Montreal style Jewish wood fired bagels in the morning. I fu- I've talked about Which this on another a, episode. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, he's a big best fan bagel of, of all time. Yeah, you can't fucking beat a wood fired bagel. And that's going to be that's going to be at Tell. Oh that's God. a place I'm super super excited for. Oh, opening where? Oh, it's opening like right off the 405 on the west side. So, um, kind of that like Sawtell, Greater Sawtell area. Well, that's a great area. That's a great fucking area for food yeah, in LA. Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. Um, you know uh, the. Everson Royce Bar, guys. And I'm a huge Everson Royce fan. They also own Silver Lake Wine, two stores, one in Silver Lake and one downtown next to Everson Royce Bar. They do great stuff. Yes, they're opening up a bottle shop, takeaway pizzeria space in Highland Park. 
That's going to be coming pretty Island soon. Island Park is just the place to yeah, fucking come on be down. right now. That's where I'm at. And there's not enough pizza, so please keep doing it. Yes. I appreciate anyone doing more pizza. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, here's, here's a, a Highland Park pizza-related story. I'm out with, with a couple people. Okay. Um, we've had some drinks. It's, uh, it's As pretty one late. would do. Um, and you know the pizza place Town? Uh-huh. In front of Town, on a trash can, there's eight untouched pizzas how do you know they're untouched that's exactly I, my question how do you know all right we're walking by i haven't heard the story we're by walking the way, by so. town is closed i'm like i could really go for some pizza i see a stack of pizza boxes i assume they're empty i open the top one full untouched pizza i open the second one full untouched pizza. i open every box there's probably like eight or nine boxes everyone contains an untouched full pizza so i was of just varying like, pizza of ingredients di- all different ones so my immediate assumption was like they had extra pizza they put it out no, in the street. No, they had a fucking phony right. order. To, to my full disclosure, it was on top of a garbage can, not inside it. This is, this is the Seinfeld it's, rim it's argument. I understand. I understand. But, but it wasn't in the garbage. It was stacked on top. All the boxes were closed. Sure. There was no bites, no slices removed. And I fucking, st- I just picked up the top box and started eating it. So you went top box. I went I top box. I would have done top box. I, I, I would have gone th- middle. Yeah, I go, I go middle warmer. box. It would have been warmer. Yep. The it top been box. And somebody fucks with the top box. Somebody always. <laughs> so you know you're not the first person to touch that box. Okay, so but then the story continues. So I went top box because oh, it was pepperoni more? and I wanted pepperoni. Uh-huh. So I, I'm carrying the box. We go to another bar. I forget. Uh, the Greyhound maybe. And uh-huh. I bring it in and I'm just eating pizza in the bar. And then people are like, where did you get that pizza? And I'm like... I could be the fucking hero of this bar right now. So I just leave and I grab all the boxes and I come back in with eight pizzas and people just think that I went and bought eight did pizzas. They just I did not tell anyone that, that it was garbage pizza. Your pizza box And I just that. threw them out on the bar and like everyone in the bar just started eating pizza and we were the happiest we've when, ever been. When people went in there like the next day, it would be like, let me tell you a tale. Dude, I made so picture. many people. Everyone was drunk. It was late and it was like everyone loved the pizza. And it was... You know, it wasn't like it wasn't hot, but it wasn't like you're in a bar. There's free pizza. No one's complaining. I know. So you know, if someone complained, they should have been kicked out. But I feel like I feel like there were some people who'd be like, I wouldn't touch that garbage pizza. But like, I embraced the garbage pizza, and my life was so much better for it. That's the most insane start to an orgy story I've ever (laughs) heard. Anyway, we all ended back at Sharon's place. (laughs) Shit got crazy. And it all started with that great, great trash pizza. Anyway, town makes fucking very nice pie. You should go visit it in Highland You Park. should get it when it's warm. Well, all we really know is that the trash can in front of town makes very nice Wait, pizza. Have you had yeah. their pizza not off no. the garbage? No, I haven't. That's the only context where I've had their pizza. I great, really great. It. I hope whoever's in charge over there listens. I hope they're fans. But like, there, there has to be a, a plausible scenario where they just had a bunch of pizza and left it outside and we're like, people will eat this, right? Yeah, I mean that's the yeah, that's yeah. the most realistic yeah. situation. Yeah, I'm not crazy, but I, but I I do go, Joel. I don't necessarily. Uh, I wouldn't trust the top box. I wouldn't trust the top box. Well, if there had been like some nibbling or any insects involved, I would have discarded it. Sure, you can't it see was fingerprints, man. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, you don't know if someone opened it and just. Dude, I'm drunk in pizza out of a trash can. I'm not worried about this stuff. Not that's out of a good, trash can. On top of on a top trash of can, stacked on neatly. On top. Like a gentleman. Like, like, a, a, like yeah. a gentleman. Like does. a goddamn gentleman. Anyway, him. excited to hear that more pizza's coming to Highland Park. That's, I, I mean, more pizza anywhere, I say. More pizza yeah. everywhere. Also, like, Barcade from New York City is coming as, like, another arcade option in Highland Park okay. on York in the former Ella Girl Iris space. Damn. Yeah, there's just, 
everything you can think of. Lume from Melbourne, kind of their big experimental. Tartine is coming. Tartine's yeah. manufacturing is coming. Chris right? Bianco from Phoenix Ooh, is coming. That's, oh, that's going to be a big pizza. one. That's, a, that's, that's. I mean, I've driven to Phoenix for that pizza. I cannot wait for that it. Guy, to so now you don't have to anymore. Exactly. There you go. That guy's like a pizza god, right? Oh my god, he like is that dude who made so many pizzas. He like got asthma and Chris Bianco. Yes, exactly. So he's just that dude who's like, pizza is my fucking life. Yeah, Adam Perry Lang, like literally in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, is opening oh, up a steakhouse. That's right. Like every, every, this is exactly it. You say that's right because there's so much shit that's coming. I just coming. forgot People about all this. Yeah, forget. I forgot about Adam it's Perry insane. Lang. It's insane. Yeah. And, so it's going to be like an overlooked opening because there's going to be so much stuff that's condensed. So it's like it's like a movie on a weekend, right? Yeah. Certain movies just get overlooked because there's just better movies Isn't the that guy open. from that Austin place, La Barbecue, also La Barbecue opening? is supposed to be coming. Dude, we're going to be in a barbecue pizza Didn't you go eat paradise. there this year? No, I didn't go eat there, but I, you I did one of the best bites. You eat so much. We're going we're gonna to do top bites of, of the year. We should... We should oh. uh, I, and I'll start. So I went to a um, very nice food event. So, you know... After I saw the Francis Malman chef's table, I was like, mm-hmm. this guy's fucking out of his mind. You I, paid I, for it? I, I fucking love this guy. <laughs> so I went to the Malman dinner Great. at the Wolfgang Puck at Hotel Bel Air. And, you know, Malman is already a legend. He made sure. like one dish. It was good. But yeah. like the other food there was like so fucking good. Nancy Silverton did a bunch of oh, great stuff. Oh, okay, she did yeah, this yeah, flatbread yeah, yeah. that was fantastic. But the guy from the barbecue did two, two things that I think were just so fucking Weren't they good. like obscenely decadent? One was... <laughs> Uh, bone marrow garlic bread and it was literally just like a very good uh, baguette stuffed with fucking butter and garlic and then just like a ton of bone marrow that like melted into the bread and it was like you, it does that it by was the way. fucking yeah, yeah, unbelievable That's sort and of then the, idea, the other yeah. bite which I'll, I'll probably say this is gonna be my pick for top bite of 2017 it was potato terrine uh, beef tartare on top of that and then just covered in a massive amount of caviar and it was like, I probably had 15 of those. <laughs> like, it was so were you, luxurious. Were you trying to, like, change up your routine, like, at a Costco sample stand? Like, or were you just, everybody knew you were I'm coming, coming back. back with, like, a top hat. Yeah. I'm like, sir, you can have as many as you want. I'm like, I don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> exactly. I just got here. Exactly. My name is Carl. Yeah. I mean, with a C. Sir, Damn it. You don't have to hold up your finger like a mustache. You're, you're embarrassing yourself. That's, I mean... God, I ate so much good food this year. I know. That's the thing. We're so lucky. All we're so, of us. We're, yeah. so, we're so blessed. We get to eat a lot of great food. Blessed. Yes. Blessed. So, so blessed. All um, the way. I mean, I go to, I mean, I've gone to Stubaki like five, six times Ooh, this year. Yeah. That's a very frequented restaurant for me. Oh, man. So, um, ugh, fuck. They had. Shout out Subaki. Shout out Subaki. I was just there two nights ago. It's phenomenal. It is one of my favorite openings of 2017. Oh, no. It's, without it's, a doubt. It's been, it's been a lovely I live right down the journey. street. Yeah. So it's, like, it's also a chef's favorite. Almost every chef oh, you yeah. talk to loves so the, Subaki. The, the good bite, the curry noodles with the, it's like soy milk and chili garlic oil was just fucking amazing. Damn. It's just noodles and it's just like sauce. Simple. But it's just, Everything there is simple, it's so, but like it's simple, but so executed. well executed. The noodles had that like nice chew to them. It was great. At Cali for their amuse bouche. You gotta choose one bite. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever. No, you did two. I, well, he made two dishes, but my official <laughs> pick was the fucking. No, you no, couldn't no, even no, defend no, your no, own no, position. No, really. You were swirling wine as you were trying hey, to I'm defend yourself. Yeah, drink a also, I know you haven't had this, Carl, because uh, you haven't been to Cali yet. I've not been to Cali. Um, but they have. It's like polenta with seaweed powder and and um, and uni on top, and it's just. Barley's nodding. You had this. 
I have. Okay. And I, and I just think it's Wait, just so like, it's like a polenta cake, like a slice? It's just like a little fried piece of polenta. So yeah. there, it's really simple. It's their bouche. It's essentially like, yeah, yeah it's, it's been like a little starter bite. It's a little starter bite, but that is fucking phenomenal. Okay, yeah. so it's it's a polenta, it's a cake. It's a polenta, yeah, it's like a polenta. They set it and then they cut it out into a cube and right. then they deep fry it, roll it in seaweed powder and then just put like nice, like local fucking uni on yeah. it. Yeah. And it's just, Damn. and it's all great. you have to do. And it's just great. And that's all you have to do. The, the yeah. best food is the most simple. It doesn't have to have bone marrow on top of caviar on top of other stuff. But that is simple, too. Though in its I'm, way, yeah. decadent yet simple. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's e- it's it's easy to put rich on top of rich on top of rich. I guess that's true. But oh, how lazy! <laughs> I do I do like this trend. Come of at like, me! I, I want I, your mail. I like <laughs> this trend of caviar, like kind of coming back. You know, oh, caviar yeah. is always like like a lot of things are like you know at one point we're thought of like a rich person's like refined thing like you know but now with this whole like decentralization of fine dining and elevation and you know lowering of luxury items, it's like you know you can get like fucking caviar on fried chicken at like Momofuku or whatever. It's like, yeah. I kind of fucking love that caviar is back in like the fucking like uh, chef's arsenal. Yeah. Where it's like people want to eat fucking caviar, you know? Nothing is like reminding me how close we are to the North Korean apocalypse than like going to the new Calamare inside the Beverly Center on La Cienega and they drop the huge seafood tower that just has three kinds of caviar, oh. uni and everything <laughs> else. That's like, well, I'll eat this because we're all going to die. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If it's, I don't eat this, they've won. 100%. 2017 politically suck, but at least it's easy to justify massive food expenditures because you're like, we could all die yeah. literally at Absolutely. any time. I better eat this cheese. Yeah. yeah. America's on the decline. Let's have a fucking party. Yeah. We might not be around. I think my best meal for 2017 was Anaka. I finally got to go this I, year for the I, first I, time. Neither of us have been. Neither of I have been. I mean, like, if it's meal, it's Kato. Kato start to finish for me was, Kato the, was, fantastic was the best too. meal Kato I've had yeah. all, all year. Yeah. And yeah. It was, that was great. That was uh, amazing. Uh, Shout out, John. Shout one, out of the, John. one of the standout bites for me this year, Trudy's Underground Barbecue. This Damn. guy in a studio city. I got to get know, there. Backyard, please. We will. I will take you guys. We'll go it. together. I would love yeah, it. Here's the deal. There was one day he was just testing out some beef ribs that he'd done pastrami style. Oh, I saw your oh, picture. So he cured that him for a little so while. Good. You're so good. Uh, that and sounds then, so and good. Here's to our original point about this sort of DM Instagram situation. These like Thai couple had randomly hit him up at the right time and we're like we're gonna be in town and he was like I'm doing this from experimental Thailand? thing from Thailand. Jesus. Like I'm doing this experimental thing. Come down. So they show up literally off the plane from LAX. They're like, maybe you think they read 20s. about it on Eater? I don't know. I don't know foodies? how they first found it. Maybe, wow. but they had never been to America before, and they wow. come to this dude's backyard to eat a Texas-style beef rib done in a pastrami These format. These are the LA food narratives that I want. And that was like sitting there watching that. You had to describe what this barbecue is. That's the first time is. in the United States. And yeah, and then pastrami, Jesus. and then why this works. Like all of it was fascinating, and on top of it all, the bite was fantastic. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Wow. How have I not thought of that? So what? He brined the rib and then grilled it. Yeah. And then slow smoked it after yeah. brining it. Yeah. Pastrami beef rib. Who who is this Trudy's guy? So his name is Burt Backman. He's like a real estate guy by trade. He's, you know, got a wife, he's got three kids, he lives in Studio City. He has done like the full Texas pilgrimage and started coming up in that world on a big green egg. Right. Just cooking one brisket oh, yeah. at a time. Right. Now he's got a, you know, I think it's a seven hundred and fifty thousand gallon smoker in his backyard. His neighbors wow. are like, Bert, come on. Bert, and he's like, But I gotta smoke. <laughs> yeah. Is there like is there like a point where like obviously like street vendor there's like you know a lot of discussion about the legality yeah. of it and that's yeah. been legislated this year but like when you're doing a backyard operation when do you run up against like the law of the city because it's like he's running a business out of his yard there's no health inspect like when is the city going to muscle in and be like we want to do our inspection well, and you he's going to have to start greasing the cops soon. that's what I'm saying when, well, no, the, it's the, like underground nightclubs it's like at a certain point the law is going to come around 
They the, see that you're making uh, money. Oh, they're going to want to fucking yeah. taste. The, the truth is the, the city is disincentivized in trying to track down people and penalize them. Right. We've already decriminalized it as a city right. because of sanctuary city laws. We're not trying to put people in jail right. so that they can be first in line Thank and get deported. God. Thank God. I know. But there is still no legal pathway for legislation that allows people on the street to serve and have a little A in their window. It just doesn't work yet. Right. So a guy like Burp, the truth is he's at the back of the line. Nobody cares enough in his own community right. to city, out him. The city has so and much the other And the city on. doesn't care so uh, unless somebody like you know avenue 26 tacos they got yeah. shut down maybe two months ago right, right. right like they got shut down either because somebody in the community said this is happening or because a rival vendor tried to get him shut down by calling in an anonymous tip which does happen quite often so Jesus. what we have to do is open up our own barbecue place in city city rudy's yeah, and just and fucking and just keep calling and just keep him. calling right across the street all right but i actually want to ask you about this sure because you uh you, you've written the book on street food, and I think we've talked about this on the pod before. The story of one of my favorite taco places, Taco Leo, yeah. where it started as a spite thing, where there was a divorce, and he opened it across from his wife. Is that a true story? That, I mean, it, it, I've never confirmed that okay. it's true. And, and so you, you don't, you've never why talked you try, to Leo. Why are you I've talked to ruin to Le- LA legend? I've talked to Leo, but I've, not, I I've never confirmed. Scoop. He might have the scoop on. Well, here's the deal, too. I used to live at Venice and La Brea before Tacos Leo got there. So it was El, Tacos El Gallito was the... Gallito. Yeah, yeah. Tacos El Gallito was across the street. Gallito, and okay. then um, before Tacos Leo was where they were, there was a different kind of no-name truck that was like whatever. Okay. So that was the first one. They got scared. Scattered off by the gas station that was operating at the time. Wait, didn't where want is to this? It's at Venice and La Brea. Venice right, and La Brea. Right, yeah. Right. So they got scattered off because the gas station, they were asking for too much money or whatever. So Gaito started across the street in that little shed, and then they had to stand. And then Tacos Leo showed up, and Tacos Leo was an instant hit. Now, my under, early understanding of Tacos Leo was that they brought in dudes from Mexico City, real taqueros, to right. do it in, a, in the Al Pastor in a Mexico classic City style. classic style, which was not something you saw in Los Angeles right. much at the time. Right. So it's possible that the original split came from one family across the street and then opened his Taco Leo. I've heard the same story. Right. But, regardless, but we don't have any hard facts. I've, ne- I've, never, I've never gotten a hard fact on know. that. And, and regardless, it immediately became its own thing, obviously. Yeah. And I think bringing in dudes from Mexico City makes it absolutely unique. It was so special for me because I went to Mexico City for two weeks and I became obsessed with this place called El Hiquito, which yeah. I think literally means like the hole in the wall. And it like was. Well, just yeah. Like, yeah. And like they had the biggest trompa I've ever seen. They had the fastest Takaro guys ever. <laughs> and it was like, you, I would get five at a time and then just yeah. go back half an hour later. Great. Because they're small. Yeah. And they're, they're sliced so thin. And it was like, it was like the best, still probably my favorite taco experience ever. And then I came back to LA and then someone was like, you got to go to Tacos Leo. I was like, right. what? Like, yeah, and I went there I was like, that. this is, they're doing the fucking, so like yeah. Tacos Leo is a special place in my heart for, plus I think it's, the best Al Pastor that I can think of. I, I, I'm sure you probably know. I, I, I mean, has rival, can rival that. Yeah. I, I, I like it. I like uh, it. And I, there's less of a line. Tacos Los Guichos, South LA. I think that's a really, really fantastic place. They also do a really great carnitas on the weekends. I mean, it's, it's that same thing where it's really hard to be the first and then it's harder even still to like keep up with the competition. Right. That's the saturation there. 100%. There's a ton of places. My favorite taco truck is still um, El Chato on Olympic El and La Brea. El Chato, all-time champion, Olympic and La Brea. Which I love, love, love. I never go there anymore because it's just like I'm not over there. And the line is long now. I used to literally, when I lived down the street, I used to give them Christmas cards with money in it oh, and damn. was like, Did, please don't leave. Were you going leave. there that much? I was going there all the time. What's, like, your, what's your order at Are El you trying Chato? to make me feel bad about not giving the 7-Eleven guy more money at Christmas? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> shaming Joel. Oh, I, I, I did, I did start out thinking it was I, insane I that you paid the 7-Eleven guy. No, that's fine. Just ch- just twist the knife. I like to give <laughs> Christmas <laughs> bonuses because I'm not an asshole. See, I do I do Al Pastor quesadilla. You know, it's it's Ooh. less quote-unquote authentic or whatever, but that really thick chipotle smoky salsa that they have, you could put on eggs the next that morning. That is some of the best salsa fantastic. Ever. And just like a big $5 plate of that wrapped in cheese is all I could want. Fuck. Let's circle back to Ennaka before we have to go because... You know, Joel and I, I've always wanted to go. We've never been. It's like one of those L.A. places that there's like a couple places that I think of as like, you know, they're obtainable, but like I might just never go. They're like, it's, you know, I, it's know like, it's true. I might never go to Urasawa. Sure. Like, I want to. Uh, I, no, I'd love to go to I'd Urasawa. I'd love to go. I, just, I, I, right. I might not. Like I might never go to Twamek. Yeah. Like I, I would like to go. Eh. But like Twamex a little more approachable. It's, v- but it's like, much I feel like more every approachable. Yeah, but to, like, in price point, but it, the, the ticketing can still be hard. Yeah, but, I, like, yeah. I go on the website and I'm like, what are the tickets? And then it sells out, and you're like, you gotta wait another month. You know, you're yeah. like, so there's, ah, there's, God there's those damn places it. that like I'll go back to Subaki, I guess it's not like you know you'd never eat there, but like yeah, I might not eat there, but I want to. Right? Like, is Ennaka like should it be on like people's must list? Uh, I, I think Anaka is one of the best restaurants in America, hands okay. down. And our roving national critic, Bill Addison, agrees with me. Yeah. Um, he eats everywhere in the country and I, has a much stronger palate than I do. That guy loves Anaka. Shout out to yeah. Billy. I a. was <laughs> Billy A. Billy A. I was fortunate enough to go just by process of, of I was working on a feature for them. And in order to experience the feature in them and in its full sort of color, had to have dinner. Um, and oh, the, had in the, big, oh, big quotation God. marks. Oh, you're a hero. <laughs> You're a hero. Yeah, well, well, can you can you tell the regular people how to get a reservation there? I'm out here on the food beat. The food beat never sleeps. Yeah, the the, the regular people have to wait in line, I guess. But that's not my experience. <laughs> <laughs> Farley is actually wearing a gold crown right now. Yeah, several gold rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite it off-putting. Says food king. It's very cool. It's a very good crown. <laughs> um, but I think 2017 has been a really fantastic year. I think 2018 it's going to be insane. Um, do you feel this way that you are constantly fighting over basically the same, say, 80,000 diners in Los Angeles? I mean, yeah, of course. You're always fighting over the same diners, but it just depends what kind of restaurant you have. Like, sure. For Ennaka, it's a much different clientele right. than my restaurant. Yeah. Mine is a re- neighborhood restaurant, yeah. so we rely solely on the neighborhood. Like yeah. we're only as successful a lot of regulars. as the na- as, as, the, as the neighborhood deems us to be. Right. Other places are like destination restaurants, like Rustic Canyon or Felix and stuff, yeah. which ha- we can have a neighborhood following, but they're not neighborhood restaurants. You yeah. have to want to go there, right. or like Cheese Spot. People will drive Gwen. across town. To yeah, go che- to people will drive across town to go right. to those places, or like Bestia. Bestia is not a neighborhood spot by right. any right. stretch right. of the imagination. Yeah. So I mean, yes, we're. I mean, the people who go to Bestia or go to Ennaka or whatever will come to my restaurant. Restaurant, but we try to just kind of cater. We, it t- it's taken us a while to understand the neighbor, the, the area, and and now that we understand it more, that we've kind of scaled it back a little bit, and we kind of understand things. We've we've kind of li- fi- finally kind of hit our stride. But yeah, you're. I mean, you're always fighting. You're fighting yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's a battlefield. And, out and there. that's the problem is that you have like these certain things that you see, and you're like, okay, we know how much we're doing this day and this day and this day, and then all of a sudden, an anomaly happens, fires, right? Yeah. And four or five shut down, so that affects your business. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, we did like for lunch. 25 covers instead of 70 you right know, like what what, what, what are we what are we doing wrong now yeah and it's just there's certain things that you just can't account for the um, one, but yeah you're, you're it's always a uphill battle no matter yeah. what where you are no matter how established you are right the one development that kind of came out of left field for me that could have a huge impact in the restaurant world going forward for 2018 is this thing that trump just did this these the labor regulations that's going to allow owners of the restaurants to take all the tip the, the law up until now has been Front of house makes tips, and they own those tips. And it can only and go to front of the house employees. And it can't be pulled. And, and 
that's going to change. I mean, I don't know if it's official, but I think we're looking at a situation where the owners of the restaurant can now pool tips to distribute them, which could be good in a you know equality sense. But a lot of critics are saying that it could lead to wage theft. It could lead to like you know once the owner has all that stuff in their pocket, you don't know where the tips are going. You right, know? and and we need to tread carefully. Follow the numbers. Follow yeah. the money. <laughs> Who, Qui bono. We've all seen Moneyball. Um, no, I, I think this is something that requires a lot of nuance, and I'm not even necessarily. It's a little bit above my pay grade to talk about it as, as honestly and openly as we need to. But um, <laughs> some of that is a federal issue. Some of it is also a state issue. Right. In the state of California, there is no legislation that says I put an 18% service charge at the bottom of my receipt, and that means that that 18% gets spent in X way. It doesn't exist. So currently, owners of restaurants could put an 18% service charge and spread that money out however they deemed, whether it's in their own pockets or front or back of a house work. Because it right. gets taxed. Because right. it gets taxed. Yeah. Right. And so, but that's different than, than pooling tips and yeah, not having yes, front of house employees. Yes, it, 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 it is, yes, service charges are different than pooling tips, but they ultimately could lead to the same negative end, which is nefarious ownership takes people right. takes people's money and doesn't distribute it. And because yeah. they're not transparent about yeah. the percentage and breakdowns. Right, and too. right, right. right. They say, right. how many tips you made. Yeah. It's hard for a server to be like, dispute that or fight the management or whatever exactly they just take what they get and there's tons of wage theft that happens all the time and yeah big restaurant groups get lawsuits i mean that's pretty regular in the food world and so what we need is is legislation that gives us a pinpoint accurate look at the distribution of the money however it gets pooled or handled at the beginning right because if, if we're not talking about uh equitable wages for front and back of house rising minimum wage costs in the city right. of los angeles are only going to make things worse and the truth is people are going to eat out less they're going to spend more time eating at home and all of that is bad for right. the greater restaurant business of la it's a crazy time because it's like la is finally getting the national spotlight that it so deserves yeah. for being one of the most exciting if not the exciting food city in the country but at the same time there's kind of like this weird web of factors coming together that's going to make it really hard to yeah. open and well, operate it, a restaurant it'll, it'll shift the paradigm of yeah, what a normal shift. diner is able to experience you know right. you're going to have this this group that that get that won't be able to go out and dine at the places that they want right. to dine if right. if these things don't get addressed the proper way or everyone's just going to open a fucking instagram pop-up in their driveway <laughs> and we're going to be living in a paradise of driveway food yeah, judy's barbecue completely unregulated no health standards yeah. you show up in the driveway and it's just all flavor no lease <laughs> it's not it's, <laughs> there's I mean, no don't lease have a and mortar, yeah. there's no lease yeah. i personally welcome our flavor driveway overlords and I, <laughs> I welcome our flavor driveway overlords. Yeah, so I'm 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 very curious to see how 2018 shakes out from right. a policy perspective and also just from a diner perspective. Right. There's so much to still come that fatigue is inevitable. Right, and maybe we all fucking die. Yeah, that could happen too. Absolutely, and so eat more. Yeah, eat more. Keep <laughs> going out to restaurants. Caviar and calamari. <laughs> Yeah, this is the this is the year I blow it all on caviar because I might not be around for much. I've longer. been blowing on a caviar. I mean, it's the food app that gives me Cosa Bono. Yes, but I've been blowing it technically exactly. on caviar. I'm not I'm not breaking news to you guys that Cosa Bono delivers beer and wine, right? No, you're not breaking news. Yes, but I, we're breaking news to you. I have too much beer and wine. We're it's a game news changer. To you, the podcast listener, that Cosa Bono fucking delivers, delivers beer and wine. If you if you want a solo pizza and a can of beer, <laughs> call up Cosa, baby. Farley's hot. A hundred percent. Curl up with that bottle of wine and a fucking <laughs> a chicken parm sandwich. Just cry your night away, baby, because you're lonely. Exactly. That chicken parm sandwich. I might have to change my answer and say that's my favorite it's thing. The, it's, that, it's their pizza. Their their pizza dough is it's great. So that pepperoni really? pizza is no joke. Their mozzarella sticks are no joke. No, their chopped salad. Someone told me great chopped chop, salad. Chop salad, salad is phenomenal. Someone told me. So Zach Pollock, the uh -huh. chef. Someone told me that 
Me and him are voice doppelgangers. Oh, I think you are got you, you, you got you, a little you, you got a little more bass in your voice, okay. baby. You're saying I have the more sonorous baritone. I do. I do think you're. Well, this has been a really sonorous. great year of episodes. Uh, episodes. <laughs> this has been uh, lovely for Carl. He's reaffirmed his voice. Me, not so much. Look, uh, I don't have the burly beard. I have to bring it voice-wise, okay? To show that I'm still Yeah, it's vital. a good thing this is an audio medium because you would People might not know, but I look like a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck, man. I, I, we have a lot to be excited about in 2018. We have a lot to be fucking thankful for that we got to do in 2017. We did a lot. The we champagne's did. really warm. The champagne's warm. We should go get some cold, be- some cold wine. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for joining us. Of uh, course. You're, I'm, I'm happy to come uh, you're a very knowledgeable source and I always, uh, you know, eater is eaters a fucking, I, I, you know, just touching on this briefly as we're on the way out this year, saw the demise of LA, LA oh, yeah. uh-huh. and LA the gutting Weekly, yeah. of LA weekly yeah. and the firing of Catherine, the food editor there. And, you know, going forward for it's, the, it's the really massive, like, like, Ever since Grub Street left yeah, LA, yeah, like, like it's just been eater. That's LA where you is such get a massive your, landscape. Yeah. That's where you get your your your. And shit. as you were saying, there's so much to cover, and like now you guys are kind of the only ones doing it. Yeah. So why don't you do more? I know. Why, why are you I only know. doing like but seven? I, stories uh, Twenty a day. times a week. Step it up to thirty times. Yeah. A week, seriously. Farley. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? <laughs> twice you guys as are much. fucking I, lazy. I, I, write it off. Write the one off. the one thing I will say is it's it's important for me and has been for a while and will continue to be in the future. I don't just want to tell stories that fall in my lap you know um i wrote about dino's chicken and burgers last week Love Dino's, a great great spot of picos in vermont like discoveries when i was in 100 percent blew me away yeah we were just talking about it yeah and how good the chicken i love it i love it i love it and there's there's no reason to tell that story in terms of a traditional news cycle but it's important for me to tell the story of greek immigrants moving to a place that was predominantly greek Mm -hmm. less so now a place that survived through the LA riots with a gun in their hand on the front door while buildings across the street burned to become a spot that is known by everybody at this table independently for having fantastic food yeah. and doing it for 55 years. Those are the stories that I don't want to miss out on. Everybody right. knows it. it, it Absolutely. A 12 year old knows it yep. about Dino's and a fucking six year old knows about Dino's. It's a fucking Dino's. LA icon. Yeah. Everybody knows. Yes. Ar- that orange ass And if chicken. you don't know, stop listening to podcasts. We don't want you. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you don't know Dino's, I'm sorry. <laughs> Get the fuck out so of good, here. So good food is no, good. No, no. What News about the guy good. in Finland? What about our one Finland? guy he doesn't know you gotta come to LA shouts to Finland come come to LA Uh, well you know what I'm super glad that you're out there telling those stories because someone has to do it and uh, I feel like you know you might not have an office but you got your fucking ear to the ground stop it stop (laughs) it the fucking I mean you know Jonathan Gold is, you know, he's at the LA Times now. It's like you and Matt are in the trenches, you know? Well, Someone's Jonathan Gold and I also do slightly different things, you know? Like, it's, uh, he's great, and, and I was just like sitting in my car today being like, he won a fucking Pulitzer. <laughs> he won and a like, and like, fucking Pulitzer. And like pulled back out to recognize that for what it really is. That's unbelievable. Yeah. But I, I do love, I get no greater satisfaction than helping people that are already doing cool things to reach a broader audience. And yeah. any way that I can do that anywhere in the city, that's what's important. To well, me. I think we, we can sum up by saying if you're involved in food at all in Los Angeles, email Farley Elliott and at, tell him that you want some fucking exposure. Please do. And keep emailing him, especially if he tells you to stop because he's just joking. He <laughs> actually wants you, that's you, especially if your business is failing and you think he can save it. <laughs> yeah. I'm the really, savior, guys. He really wants to be Farley's that gonna hope turn it for around the city. For you. Yeah. The uh, new uh, Gordon yeah. Ramsay. Fuck yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thanks it for having me. It was a real me. pleasure. Have a great fucking new year. And I look forward to running into you at great LA restaurants <laughs> all of 2018. It's got to be east of Sunset. Yeah, exactly, That's the only exactly. where. <laughs> That's my area of operation. I'm, I'm, not go- I'm not going past La Brea here, exactly. folks. Exactly. 
Thanks, um, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Joel, it's, it's been a goddamn, uh, it's been a hell of a year. And uh, I think we have uh, more fun stuff to look forward to in 2018. Lots of fun stuff. Uh, I think going forward, maybe no more warm champagne while we're recording. But, uh, uh, I'm, I, I, you know, that's up in the air. You know what? This is the last time I'm going to bring you champagne. <laughs> you, you got it for free. You don't appreciate it. You got it for free, motherfucker. Hey, you know what? That's neither here nor there. <laughs> you are ungrateful. Also, I'm excited for the year where Joel continues to grow out his hair because it is, it's so fucking luxurious right now. Dude, it's Damn. out of control. Can we end like, on a note of how good Joel's hair looks right now? I think that it looks really good. I just always wear a hat. Going to have to post a pic. Yeah. I mean, thank you very much. You're Damn a very right. kind man. Fuck yeah. It's uh, been a great year, Carl. It's been a great year. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back in the new year. And uh, you guys stay safe out there. <laughs>